Welcome back to One on One, New York's longest running sports call in show here on 90.7 FM. I'm Chris Hennessy, Mike Messina, tapping in for the boys. And now we have a very special guest, Liz Loza, part of Yahoo Sports Fantasy Football Live Show and co host of Eckler's Edge with Los Angeles Chargers running back and fantasy superstar, Austin Eckler. Liz, thank you so much for joining us. How are you today? I am great. I'm probably not as good as Austin after his two touchdown performance on Monday night, but I'm still pretty good. Excited to talk to him this week for Eckler's Edge. Yeah, that, that's exciting stuff. So how, how do you get involved with a, a professional football player on a podcast like that? And, and kind of what is, what is your podcast bringing uh, in terms of maybe a fantasy perspective or just a life in the pros perspective? Yeah, so it's actually a video show, and it airs every Thursday. You can watch it on Yahoo Sports or on the Yahoo Fantasy app, um, and it's groundbreaking. Like, it's an adventure that no one in the sports media landscape has been on because we've never had an active player, let alone a fantasy superstar, talk fantasy. This isn't some retired guy making picks to, like, grow his brand and stay relevant. This is an active player playing on Monday night. We're going to record today, Tuesday, uh, and Spoiler alert, alert, he's grabbing Justin Herbert to join us on the show as our special guest. So Austin is not afraid to talk fantasy. He's of the younger generation. I know that maybe some older players feel like fantasy. Um, you know, they didn't grow up with it. They have some feelings about it, but uh, Austin has embraced it. He understands that like people are rooting for him. He wants to stay connected. And so he reached out. Yahoo Fantasy is an award-winning platform. We're the best in the business. So why not pair us? And um, we give fantasy analysis every single week. And we have guests on. Last week, we had Rain Wilson on. And you know something special, by the way, when guests are coming on with nothing to promote, just because they're so passionate about fantasy, about the player, and about our analysis. That's awesome, Liz. Uh, I listened to the last, the last show. It was actually very entertaining and very informative. But you mentioned the, the fantasy analysis. I guess we'll get right into it. Is there a certain player who has surprised you most through week four with their fantasy contributions to this point? Oh, surprised me. I mean, I will say that I wasn't so much of a surprise, but a confirmation to see Michael Carter lead the backfield for the Jets. He actually led my sleepers piece on Yahoo Fantasy heading into week four. Tevin Coleman did get hot a little bit towards the end. He was a non-factor because of illness. And even with Coleman's like rapport with LaFleur, you're still seeing, and, and his history, obviously, with LaFleur, you're still seeing Carter, the rookie, climb to the top of the depth chart. I loved what he did at North Carolina. And even though the Jets might not always be in a game script that allows for Carter to put up the yards and production, I think that he's going to continue to heat up as the season does and as Zach Wilson continues to like settle down and feel himself a little bit better. That's good stuff for me, the Jets fan, because I have liked watching Michael Carter and he's available in my league. So I'm processing, but with the McCaffrey injury, I got to, I got to find somebody. Um, you mentioned the Jets and the Giants and the number one receivers for both teams are available on a lot of waiver wires. When you look at Corey Davis for the Jets who had a big day and Kenny Galladay for the Giants where that offense looks like it's starting to click. Yeah, given the choice of those two players, who, which way would you go um, in terms of a pickup for not only week five, but for the rest of the regular season? Well, I'm not sure Kenny Galladay is the wide receiver one in actuality. I mean, certainly in terms of paycheck, what a way to cash in in free agency. But that hip issue, I write a series called Rest versus Rust for Yahoo Fantasy, and that hip issue 
um, is going to continue to be an issue for Kenny. They're managing it quite well, but they're only doing that because Sterling Shepard, who I believe to be the true number one, I mean, 16 receptions over the first two weeks of the season, he went out with a hamstring injury, obviously, and so did Darius Slayton. And I think that's why Galladay is being elevated right now, but I don't trust him to stay healthy. Corey Davis is the bonafide, no questions asked, number one receiver for Zach Wilson. The chemistry has been awesome. We like seeing the revenge game that Davis had against Tennessee in week four, but I also feel like in terms of pure volume, we know that the Jets are probably going to be chasing points and Corey Davis is the number one option. Yeah, you mentioned Kenny Galladay not being that number one option. We, we all know that Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton went out with hamstring injuries, like you mentioned. Is there anyone else on that Giants offense who, who you would suggest maybe picking up at a waiver wire? Maybe Daniel Jones is a backup quarterback. Uh, I mean, do you have anyone in mind? Well, I don't mind Daniel Jones's mobility, but and obviously like over the first, what, two, three weeks of the season, uh, he was just rushing out of his mind. But I think as Saquon Barkley returns to form and we saw hits of it against that Atlanta in that Atlanta game. And then last week he looked like vintage Saquon. Um, I think as Barkley returns to form, you're probably going to see Jones run a little bit less, but I would keep an eye on Kadarius Tony, at least while Sterling Shepard is out. Now Sterling Shepard, like I mentioned, he was actually a guest on a uh, week three's episode of Eckler's edge. Uh, and he has been, having a bit of a renaissance now that he's been placed back in the slot. But while he's dealing with the hamstring injury, Tony has obviously had an elevated role. And I really like, I think Kadarius Tony is like Debo Samuel light. I really liked him out of Florida. He was my fifth ranked wide receiver heading into the NFL draft before he was placed in New York. So I'd keep an eye on him and I wouldn't mind a flyer because again, I think as he feels himself, he gets a little bit more experience, more reps. He's also going to continue to produce. And, you know, I mean, after the catch, he, well, a 40 yard run, would you be surprised? Probably not. Yeah. Giants fans and fantasy owners alike, certainly hoping that that big play against the saints pulls, uh, I believe his rap name is young Joker out of, uh, out of his yeah. slump. Um, so last year we had the the rookie of the year battle that unfortunately ended an injury between Justin Herbert and Joe Burrow. That was incredible for NFL fans and fantasy owners alike. The rookie quarterbacks this year have not gotten off to the start that Burrow and Herbert did. Um, who's a rookie quarterback that you're looking, maybe not even fantasy wise, just regular wise uh, to take that step forward. Cause fantasy wise, it has not been a good, a good run for Lawrence Wilson hurts, uh, not hurts, excuse me, Lance, uh, any of those first round guys. So who, which of those quarterbacks are you looking for, to maybe pick up and hope that they, they pull up as, as the fantasy playoffs come, come down the stretch here. I mean, let me just say that I'm a bears fan born and raised in Chicago. So seeing Justin Fields struggle because Matt Nagy can't bother to game plan for his electric skill set because Andy Dalton is the guy we should continue to game plan for. Anyway, I could go on about that. Justin Fields is not being allowed the opportunity to ascend in Chicago. The O-line's obviously not helping him at all. But I think for fantasy purposes, especially, like you can't negate mobility, the amount of rushing upside and points produced because of rushing upside leads me towards Trey Lance. I, I mean, I don't think he was expected that he was expecting to come in in week four Garoppolo, obviously dealing with a lower leg injury. And so I don't think the offense that was installed by Shanahan in week four is going to be what we see moving forward. Nobody is drafted third overall and doesn't end up having um, an offense tailored 
to the talents of that player, unless, I mean, unless you're the Bears, it's not number three overall, but still first round overall pick, um, or first, uh, first round pick, rather. But I think the Trey Lance is where, is where it's going to be. We know what Shanahan does. We know that he was, we know that Shanahan traded up to get him. I believe that Shanahan, Shanahan is in love with his system enough to build something to make this like his grand opus to make Trey Lance it. And so I think that over the season, that's the player that's going to ascend and has the highest ceiling and floor. Liz, you mentioned Matt Nagy prepping for Justin Fields and uh, Andy Dalton offense. I'm pretty sure last week he was also prepping for Nick Foles offense, possibly so. So that that offense seems like it's all over the place. But when you're looking at fantasy lineups and your own fantasy team, what are some things and some certain stats you look at when when trying to either draft your own team or formulate your lineup for that week? You know, I know the tight end is really tricky for a lot of people because they want to just chase touchdowns. And sometimes like in the case of Dawson Knox, right? Like, okay, you can chase those touchdowns because they're attached to one of the highest volume passing offenses and a pretty good quarterback in Josh Allen. But I like to look at routes run, not just snaps logged, but routes run, which is why I'm not willing to give up on Kyle Pitts, even though his target share has been massive. The production has been nil, but he's running over 30 routes a game. He's being used as a wide receiver. So I have to imagine eventually things are going to click for not just Matt Ryan and Kyle Pitts, but also Arthur Smith. Who's been the most surprising player at quarterback for you this season? Oh, Sam Darnold. No questions asked. I mean, people wanted to hate on him. And I, I mean, maybe this is a sore subject for you guys, but as a Bears fan, I also had my share of Adam Gase. So I get it. Um, Darnold has been quieting the haters. He has, even without Christian McCaffrey in the lineup, connecting with DJ Moore, who is taking that next leap to an alpha level receiver, holding his own. I, I really like, I mean, I also think the Panthers under Matt Rule are one of the best coach teams in the entire league. So I really love what Sam Darnold has done. I also, by the way, like what Taylor Heineke has done. I mean, you want to talk about a rushing upside. His legs have been incredible and he is not just like, giving that job back to Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's in fact been a top 12 fantasy quarterback for three straight weeks. And he gets Curtis Samuel back like the last week. I mean, even with Logan Thomas banged up, Curtis Samuel is a great waiver wire pickup now. Yeah. I'm going to ask you the same question regarding running backs. Who, who's the most surprising running back so far this season for you? Surprising at the running back position. Uh, well, it was a little surprising to not see James Robinson being leaned on early, but I think he has righted that um, now that Carlos Hyde is kind of being faded. Nice try, Urban Meyer, getting your Ohio State guy in the mix, but he's being faded. So I like to see the rebound um, for James Robinson. And I guess sticking with Atlanta, even though Corderell Patterson uh, is being used in many gadgety ways. He does have dual eligibility as a running back or a wide receiver on Yahoo Fantasy. So I think, you know, he counts as a surprise at running back because of the eligibility. I did not see three touchdowns coming out of him in week four. You mentioned your Bears fandom. And as a Jets fan, I, I reconcile with the horror that is um, Adam Gase and everything terrible about being a fan of a terrible football team. But David Montgomery injured this week. It looks like yeah. he's going to be out for a little bit. Who's a who's a Bears player that you're looking to pick up? Is it uh, Darnell Mooney, maybe that um, that that can really take a step up in the absence of Montgomery? 
I think it's Damian Williams, honestly, the backup running back. Um, he had a good showing in week four, and clearly the offense is going to be run heavy. I like what Mooney did. I have a fantasy team named to the Mooney, by the way. Um, I really thought, I actually had Mooney, like I, th I thought he could do something in week three because we're seeing him lead targets. He's getting great cushion. I think he's got a cushion of like eight yards or something incredible, like a top 15 cushion. And we know he has that speed, but I just don't know if Justin Fields is going to be afforded the play calls. And frankly, the offensive line can give him enough time to set his feet and find Mooney deep so that Mooney can do what he does best. I mean, it, it's great to see some some PPR love because of his volume. But I think in terms of stability, Williams is going to be the, the highest floor option in Chicago, which pains me because Allen Robinson should be, should be like an absolute beast in this offense. Who are a few sleepers going into week five that you think will put up some decent numbers either week five or in weeks ahead? You know, I, I don't know if he's a sleeper anymore, but talking about Darnell Mooney being peppered, reminds me of Jalen Waddle, who obviously has 4-3 speed and you would imagine is particularly with Will Fuller continually banged up. Um, a take the top off the defense, kind of spread the offense uh, option, and yet he's being used as a sure-handed slot receiver, like averaging, I don't know, nine and a half yards per reception or something. He looks like Jarvis Landry. He doesn't look like, like this deep speed option, but I don't care. Production is production and he's thriving in the slot regardless of who is under center. So I think if you're looking for a, a flex option in PPR friendly formats, Waddle is someone who is being overlooked, I think, because he's not putting up the splash plays we necessarily expected. The Broncos have been a really interesting team so far. They were an unexpected 3-0 and and they come out with a tough, tough game against the Ravens. Are they a, a team on the offensive side that you're fading a little bit, or are you still have faith in the Tim Patricks and the Teddy Bridgewaters of the fantasy world? Well, they're banged up, that's for sure. And obviously the Teddy Bridgewater situation, we'll see when he can get himself back to the field because Drew Locke, I love Drew Locke too. Like I love the YOLO style ball that we saw Drew Locke. Like Cortland Sutton didn't even pop in the stat sheet until Drew Locke was under center last week. Um, but then, you know, obviously he throws a pick in the end zone and that doesn't work out well in terms of Denver. I liked him, Patrick. I think that he is perennially underrated. We saw him step up in the absence of Cortland Sutton last year. He's doing just that now with Jerry Judy, uh, not available. And I love his red zone potential. I also think though, that Javante Williams could be at that tipping point where he's about to overtake Melvin Gordon, Melvin Gordon, obviously the vet, Heading into week four was a pretty even timeshare between the two backs. Melvin Gordon, in fact, was like getting lucky on longer runs and plays, but he's been injured and banged up. And you see Williams with the younger, fresher legs breaking all of the tackles as we expected and saw in North Carolina. And I think that he might be on the rise here, particularly with, you know, you know what Vic Fangio wants to do, you know, that he's a defensive minded coach and he wants to lean on the defense, which has been great, which always, you know, helps the running backs salt away the game. Liz, what's one team in the NFL in general that has surprised you most this season? And what's a team that really has not lived up to their hype or expectation going into week one? How about one in the same? I feel like the Washington football team's defense has not lived up to expectation. I mean, we expected this team to be, this defense to be like a top three ranked unit. And even against Atlanta, they fell a little bit flat. So that's concerning. But on the offensive side of things, I mentioned Tyler Taylor Heineke. Like, I love what he's doing, and I don't mean to just, like, 
beat this drum, but you've got JD McKissick, who's been a decent flex uh, two of the last three weeks. And you've got Antonio Gibson, Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin. Like, I think that that team has been the biggest surprise because the defense hasn't excelled and the offense has. Liz, this will be the last one. We got to uh, get you out of here. Uh, on your personal team, who's been your fantasy sweetheart this year? Who, who's been just when they come up on red zone, you're like, oh, again, I, lo- I love this guy. For me personally, I'll, um, I'll, yeah. I'll go first. It's been Darren Waller. Like he scored that touchdown last night and I got right back into the game. I unfortunately lost. I'm one and three. I'm really terrible. But it was it was huge. I, I'm a huge Darren Waller fan now because of fantasy football. Yeah, he's been great. I mean, he's being used as a receiver and he is logging so many targets, um, played like an absolute dog trying to lead his team in that primetime game that we mentioned earlier. Um, I think on my personal team, like I have, a, I have a good amount of Dak Prescott. I knew that his top of the season schedule was pretty tough. It has been interesting to see Dallas lean on the run over the past few weeks, but Prescott has remained really, really efficient. I mean, he didn't throw a bunch in week four, but he did manage four touchdowns. So you don't hate that, even though people who have like CeeDee Lamb or Amari Cooper are a little bit tilted because Dalton Schultz has the same number of receptions as Lamb. But I think, you know, Prescott is someone I'm always excited to see in my lineup. And Austin Eckler, obviously, I'd be remiss (laughs) if I didn't mention him again. Um, And then at tight end, you know, things move around a lot. I I'm not afraid to utilize Jared Cook because of the offense he's a, he's tied to. He's not going to score a touchdown every week, but I think again at a really volatile position, he's a, he's a person that's always going to be in that like top 14 consideration because he's tied to Justin Herbert. Liz, we really appreciate the time. Thanks for joining us today and uh, good luck in week 5. Thank you so much guys. It was a pleasure being here.